Well, that was fun for a change, eh? Um, it, it was a very, um, I suppose, up until this point, uncharacteristic kind of performance by the Lions under Dan Campbell. Usually, uh, we start slow, dig ourselves into a hole we can't get out of, and try furiously for the next three quarters to get out of it. Um, and it was the exact opposite today. Uh, Lions get it done at home at Ford Field against, I mean, look, it's a, just a bad, bad Washington team. 36 to 27. But here's where I think there is a glimmer of hope. All right. And yes, the defense is still suspect. They are what they are. At this point, it is what it is. There are still things that they need to address on that side of the ball. We know this. Offensively, I'm going to go ahead and say they're an explosive team offensively. I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to go out and score 24, 27 points a week. Like average. And I know they showed it on the cryon on the broadcast where uh, three consecutive games of 35-plus points. Um, which is a, a really interesting stat, not that we care about the last game of last season, but the fact that they're able to put together these types of offensive numbers, it shows you that they are explosive. It shows you that they're multiple. And if DJ Shark isn't open, Khalif Raymond will be open. If Khalif Raymond is, won't be, isn't open, Josh Reynolds is open. If Reynolds isn't open, Amon Ross St. Brown is open. If Amon Ra isn't open, you got Hawkinson there. Like, they've got weapons. Mind you, mind you, Jamison Williams isn't even here yet. Like, the guy you drafted to be your burner, to be your Jamar Chase, he's not even here. And you're seeing what this offense can do. Three offensive linemen today didn't play in the game. Three of your starters. Three. Um... And you had another big day from your running backs. Uh, DeAndre Swift, I mean, not, not big days, but productive days. 56 yards on the ground, averaging 11 a pop. Jamal Williams, 53 yards on the ground. Again, nothing flashy, n- nothing like we saw in week one. But DeAndre Swift continues to be a problem out of the backfield. Another 31 yards through the air, too. So, again, three offensive linemen down, three of your starters down, and you're still getting productive yards from the backfield. Look, I'm not saying, I don't think we need to go crazy here. But this offense is and can be, and I think your expectations going forward should be, they're going to be explosive. They're going to go out and get you points and get you yards and and go out and get you meaningful yards, not just empty stats at the end of a game. So I'm very excited for what I see. I still think Dan Campbell has a lot of deficiencies if he's still calling plays on the offensive side of the ball. I still think he has some quirks and some things he needs to work out. Um, but I think that you need to be very excited about this Lions offense. Very. I don't remember a Lions offense like this Again, with the potential to be even better once you add your piece who's who by all accounts is now running and cutting 
Jamison Williams, according to his Instagram account. Um, th- that is so very exciting. And look, I don't know how Carson Wentz still has a starting gig in this league. I just don't. Like, I thought he was fine today. Uh, 30 for 46, 337, three touchdowns and a pick. But a lot of those were kind of empty yards when the Lions defense was just kind of in bend but don't break mode. He wasn't, he wasn't anything special in the first half. He was, he was atrocious. So, look, defensively, they're going to be able to keep you in games. I thought Aiden Hutchinson today, I don't care who you play. Um, Aiden Hutchinson had a wild, wild stat line. You ready for this? Uh, he had three sacks in the first half. Three sacks in the first half. Um, he also had two tackles for loss, three quarterback hits. He had six total tackles, which is good for second on the team, and five solo. Three sacks in the first half, two additional tackles for losses, and three quarterback hits. That guy is impacting the game. He is impacting the game. I thought Malcolm Rodriguez, again, all over the field today. He had a quarterback hit, eight tackles. I think Will Harris on the other side of Aiden, just a a really nice pairing so far early on. Um, I I asked the fellas before the show, uh, Eric Dorch running the board, uh, Jason Fistler, our producer. I said, how many turnovers were there? Because it seemed like there were dozens. And Dorch chimed in and said there was one. (laughs) Uh, Carson went through one pick. And I'm like, man, it felt like they were turning the ball over all day. All day. But I think that part of that is that defense really was flying around. And again, Washington isn't very good. But, fellas, am I overstating this? It just feels like, uh, and look, damn it, I don't care. I don't care. If finally we have something to be excited about on this team, and and you've got an offense, um, that can can be multiple, can be explosive, uh, and you've got guys early on along the offensive line that are getting time. Is this, am I overselling this, Jason? It feels like this no. is something we should be excited about. No, and, and like I said before we came on the air, this is a, a progress win for them. This is one you had to have. You had to win one of the first two home games um, to make you feel like there's going to be some progress. And, yeah, the defense is going to be, this is what it is. I predicted there's there's going to be a lot of games where they're going to have to out, uh, they're going to have to outscore their opponent. Um, the scores are going to be, they're going to be hefty. And, um, but you know, with, with the, with the, with the pass rush from Aiden Hutchinson, uh, definitely, uh, it's definitely something to get excited about for sure. And I think they can go into Minnesota and win next week. Yeah, I agree. Dorch, look, I, I, pro football focus ranks the Washington offensive line 15th in the, in the, in the league. So you're looking at a very average mediocre unit, but still in the NFL, if you're able to go out and get the numbers that Aiden did, uh, it, it, that that is incredible number 1 but then number 2 um you know you, your last week he kind of got overwhelmed i think by by the pro game and how fast it is in the regular season one of the things we heard from Dan Campbell in Hard Knocks was look this guy doesn't make the same mistake twice he goes he makes a mistake 
he evaluates, he looks at tape, and he studies, and then he gets better, and the mistakes don't happen again. Mm -hmm. Well, I kind of feel like we're seeing that from week one to week two. Hutch gets kind of uh, lost in translation along the line. He was good in run blockage last week, but not great uh, in, in the pass rush. Um, but then today he comes back in a much worse offensive line. The Eagles have a top three line in the NFL, mm-hmm. but uh, against a worse offensive line had a much more productive day. I think that is an encouraging sign too. Absolutely. It's learn from error and keep going. Uh, Aaron Glenn is putting this defense in great spots. Like you said earlier, you asked how many turnovers they had, and we said one, and it was astonishing. He had these guys in the right spot to make the plays. They just weren't ready for the ball to get there. Now they're going to be ready. Tracy! Pull it in. Exactly. I don't know. I don't know what Carson Wentz was doing on that uh, oh, little no, uh, uh, backwards pass, double backwards pass. Uh, he threw that ball. Look, you know what? Dorch, it looks like my tee shot. It went way right. Yep. I don't know what he was doing on that play. That was. That's when I said, this guy should not be a, a starting quarterback in the NFL. I was flabbergasted. Well, and then as play. a safety, you're, you're you're expecting to be a part of the play, but you turn around and the ball's coming to you. You, you, you kind of freeze up for a minute. Like, why is this ball here right now? So I get that, but you, you got to get that play. And it did. It felt like this sh- there should have been four or five turnovers for this team today. And we, we didn't make them because guys drop balls. But like you said, they're not going to make the same mistake twice. Glenn's going to say the ball's going to be there. Go get it. Well, at least in Hutchinson's uh, case. Absolutely. But uh, either way, it was good stuff today. And And look the other thing that I really liked was that every time Washington kind of clawed themselves back into the game, every time they kind of got within striking distance, what'd you do? Touchdown, touchdown, drove the field, explosive plays. And then you just kept putting it out of reach for them. You just kept putting it out of reach for them. That was really encouraging. We'll talk about what else is going around the NFL. I've got thoughts on Michigan state. I've got thoughts on Michigan. We'll do that as Sports Rep continues right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Look, I, I don't want to do the fantasy football game, okay? I, I, I just, I don't. But I just, I do think I we, we should make mention of this because we were talking uh, in the in the in the break. Um, it's like I've got, I like have scored forty five points in one of my leagues today because everybody's hurt, right? Like. Keenan Allen, J.K. Dobbins, Chris Godwin, Dak, all everybody's hurt. My whole roster is hurt. I don't know who you want me to play. Sure, I can start Rashad White in a 14-man league. Uh, he got me a fraction of a point, 0.1 points. So thank you. Like we um, said in the break, uh, Rashad White, who is that now? Correct. Yeah, he's like Tampa Bay's fourth running back. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like below, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he's 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 like the fifty three, fifty uh, third guy on the roster. Like he's he's that guy. Anyway, um, look, I, I, I we'll talk about Michigan, uh, coming up next. But I think, you know, there are two schools of thought. There are there are those that say, well, you score, you you you, you schedule cupcakes. You find out your team, and you find a rhythm, and you get into the the, the season. Uh, or there are those that say, no, I want to be tested early. Test me early, because then that way I know what kind of team I am. Those are the two different schools of thoughts in college football, right? Especially when it comes to scheduling non-conference games. Now, 
Michigan State opened up against Western, Akron, and uh, last night against Washington. Michigan, who did Michigan play? I already forgot. We played uh, Colorado uh, State, Colorado State, Hawaii, Hawaii and UConn, and, and, UConn, and then yeah. UConn. Uh, those are three <laughs> of the worst teams in college football. First but time in, think, in program history where they scored 50 points in uh, their first okay. three games. Yeah, okay. That's a, a telegram straight from Ann Arbor. <laughs> right. um, but I pretty much know who Michigan is, right? Like, I get it. I know who Michigan is. Michigan is one of the best offensive lines in college football. And they've got explosive receivers. They've got uh, really good running backs. And they've got a quarterback that can be a difference maker. And no, I, I don't think we're ready to anoint JJ as being the guy. But he has a different skill set than Cade. We'll talk about Michigan in a second. But I have a good idea of where Michigan is, even though they played a bunch of nobodies. Now, Michigan State, conversely, I think we kind of knew who Michigan State was going into last night's game. I think that Kenneth Walker and the revelation that he was at running back last year covered up a lot of deficiencies. And I don't mean this. I don't I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just being truthful in what I see. Kenneth Walker covered up a lot of deficiencies because he was so good. Because, as I believe, he should have been in New York. He should have been in contention for a Heisman Trophy because he was that good. He was that much of a difference maker. And, yes, you pair that with guys like Jalen Naylor, Jaden Reed. Um, it, it can be a really fun ride, and that's where Michigan State went on last year. And, no. Peyton Thorne wasn't asked to, to reinvent the wheel at quarterback. He was asked to turn around, hand it to K-9. He was asked to, to run screens to Jaden Naylor and Jalen Reed. I think I mix their first names up, but you get where I'm going. And 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 he's able to, to, to put some nice touch on some deep balls. That's who Peyton Thorne is. Or was last year. This year the offense is much more dependent on Peyton Thorne. And I thought offensively last night in Michigan State's loss to, to Washington, it felt like for the first time I really looked at Peyton Thorne and thought, you know, maybe there are some holes in this guy's game. Whereas last year you kind of looked at it and said, geez, this guy is is the highest level of game manager you can have. Like, he's right on the cusp of being a baller uh, and a game manager. He's, he's, he's riding that line in between those. And it feels like he's now, he's now more of a game manager. Like, I don't think he's the guy anymore, at least in my mind. Toughness, toughest guy around. That dude took hit after hit after hit last night, and Every single time he kept getting up and throwing really good balls. I thought he fixed that, that high throw. He was worried about the first two weeks. I thought he fixed that last night. Um, unfortunately, he was just kind of missing guys more than he was throwing the ball high or under throwing guys, which was a, a weird regression for him. Um, That's the offense, but really Broussard and, and, 
uh, the, the other back, and I'm drawing a blank on his name, the other running back. Um, uh, those two guys are are going to be okay at the running back spot. They're going to get you productive yards. They're not K-9. Keon Coleman is a revelation at quarter at, at, at wide receiver. He was all over the field last night. But Michigan State, for the second year in a row under Mel Tucker, defensively, they are a complete liability. A complete liability. That secondary, I didn't think could be worse from last year. They are. That's Mel Tucker's unit. I don't know what kind of game plan they came in with with defensive coordinator Scotty Hazleton, who got a raise during the offseason when Mel Tucker got his raise. I, I, I didn't know what the game plan was. Yes, Mel Tucker said it post-game. There was mismatches that they knew that existed that Washington took advantage of. But at some point, you got to mix it up. And it felt like over and over and over and over and over again, they don't, they didn't make any adjustments, and they just kept getting exposed. That is going to be really problematic going forward. If, you, if you're not going to be able to stop anybody, your offense is not the same as it was last year. And your offensive line has still not progressed to a level that you hoped it would after three games. That can be problematic. Now, they are right. What everybody, all those guys said after the game, everything's in front of them. All the goals that they have set out in the Big Ten are still in front of them. That's very true. But things start to get harder as you go on now. Even though the Big Ten stinks, by the way. Holy moly. What a what a what a horrific week for the Big Ten. But things get harder from here. And look, I give Michigan State a boatload of credit for going to Seattle, playing the Huskies on the road. I wish Michigan would have kept that game, quite frankly. Because they were supposed to play the Huskies this year. That was supposed to be Michigan's game. But Michigan State, there are there are problems there. There are problems there. And unfortunately, I didn't even think they were very... There were a number of plays last night where I thought, why are we running a a halfback dive when it's third and eight, third and six, and your guys are picking up three yards, one yard, two yards. Your offensive line wasn't getting any push. And I just, I, 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 yes, I questioned a lot of the decisions that were made last night in Michigan State's in that in that Michigan State game. So look, I, I don't think that we need to be writing the Spartans off yet. That's crazy. Um, but they have some serious things that they need to shore up. They have some serious deficiencies that they need to address before they get into the heart of the Big Ten schedule. All right, we'll talk Michigan on the other side. We'll also get you updated on what's going on elsewhere around the NFL. Lions, big winners today, 36-27. Also, there was a fight today in the NFL. Yes, we'll talk about that as Sports Wrap continues right here on WJR. Don't go anywhere. All right, before we get to Michigan, Dorch had an interesting thought here in the break. And, and, And Eric, I want you to ask it because I think that you're not alone in people thinking this. So what, what was the question you had about Amon Ross St. Brown? 
I asked you, is Amon Ross St. Brown a top 10 receiver in the league right now? Um, and I, I don't think so. Um, but I don't think that he has to stay at that point. Like for me, um, you know, he's got to, he really racks up the, the, the catches like nine catches today, one sixteen, two touchdowns. Great stat line. Um, but I, I don't think he's quite at that elite status yet. I think he very well could be, but I don't think he's there yet. I think the reason it's it's tougher to say it, because, I mean, stat-wise, he does a great job of being in the conversation. But I think the reason is, like you said, you don't get that, like, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill breakaway play where he scores on a 60-yard touchdown. A lot of time, it's it's chunk plays, and he, he gets a 15-yard touchdown catch, like, when they're in the red zone. But other than that, he kind of, like, chunks his way down the field getting his catches. He doesn't really ever have that... Big, big. He had one today. He had like a forty-yard reception where the he lost the yes. cameraman for a minute. But other than that, he yes. doesn't do a lot of that. It's more chunk, chunk play receptions, secure the ball, get the first down kind of guy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I just, I, I. So no, I don't think he's a top ten receiver yet. Um, but I think by the end of the year we could be we could revisit this question and 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 dissect it again because I think he very well could be. Um. All right, Michigan beats UConn a thousand to nothing. Um, and and look, I again going back to what we were talking about in terms of the two schools of thought and how you should schedule these non-conference games. Um, I I don't really care. Truthfully, I don't really care. Um, would I have liked to have a, a prime time game against? against Washington and I mean yeah I would have it, it, uh, that to me that's more compelling than uh you know a 12 o'clock kick at home against the UConn team that can't, can't score a point um can I ask you can I ask you a question yeah okay so when when we go to 12 teams that would that would definitely make it uh, 14 you know, teams or 14 teams I'm yeah. sorry where scheduling a tougher non-conference schedule would be would probably be better. You know, I'm not saying Michigan scheduled these three teams because, well, they're, you know, looking to go undefeated and make the playoff again. And it was an easier path, but when we go to the bigger, bigger playoff, there's more uh, margin for error. So I think that you could get better matchups, you know, Penn state went to Auburn yesterday. That was kind of nice to see, you know, but I think when, when we get to a larger playoff, you should see less of this. I, I would think. Well, and Sean Clifford almost got decapitated uh, yeah, yeah. in that game as well. No, look, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't, tr- this is not a hill I'm going to die on. But I think, you know, the teams that come out smelling like roses, at least to me, like, yes, game one, if you're the Buckeyes, put Notre Dame on the, on the schedule. Like, that is beneficial. Even if you lose that game it's beneficial uh, to Notre Dame. Although then they go out and get beat by Marshall and then away their season goes. But, but it just feels like that is more beneficial than uh, Colorado state or you, you're able to get better work in with your guys when you're able to go to Seattle and play uh, Washington or you're able to host a, a team that has, you know, 
a ranking above 50. Like, yeah, you're able to learn some different things. Um, and you don't always get that in these situations. So, yeah, I, you know, but again, I think Michigan knows who they are. I think we know what Michigan is, right? Like Michigan, it could be susceptible to a, to a a loss. But I think Michigan is going to be pretty comfortable going forward. Like, Next week's a challenging game. You got uh, Maryland at home, and then you go to Iowa. Iowa stinks. Mm -hmm. They are horrifically bad. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're going to be 5-0 and as you start to get into more of the teeth of your schedule. Um, Is that what they wanted? I don't know. I don't care. I think Michigan knows who they are. I think Michigan knows what they've got. Um, and I think now, like they're able to get a lot of guys playing time because you can blow these teams out and you get everybody in. Everybody's able to get playing time. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't have much of an issue. I, I I do. Can I just say this? Can I let me just call an audible here and take a moment? I wanna I wanna issue a love letter to to Cade McNamara. All right, because I think that while I don't believe how Jim Harbaugh handled this situation was wrong. It's college football in 2022. You want to keep all the, the your, your best players on the roster. So you f- let them fight it out into the regular season and you, you name a starter. Um, I don't, I don't, I have no problem in the way that was handled. Zero, none, zero, zilch. I do want to say that I think the way the fan base has treated Cade McNamara has been terrible. Terrible. Let's just look at what this guy has done. All right. And I don't even mean the actual accolades or trophies or awards or rings. This guy puts you back in relevance. Michigan was, uh, you know, a truck stuck in the mud, spinning its wheels. They were nothing. They were somebody who'd win more than eight, nine games a year. Sometimes they'd win 10, 11. uh, But most of the time, they're, you know, low double digits, high nines, and they're just spinning their wheels. They were going nowhere, hadn't won anything in forever. And then this guy comes and just quietly goes about his business and puts you back on the map beats Ohio State in a winter wonderland, takes you down to Indianapolis and smacks around the Hawkeyes, and then gets you to the college football playoff where things didn't go as planned. But let, let's be honest here. Cade McNamara is the one of the big reasons why we're even in the spot we are as, as Michigan fans. So I think the chanting of J.J., I think the 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 booing of, of Cade and the way, I mean, come on guys, this kid, this kid has given you everything, everything and anticipated in giving you more this year, but he just got beat out. I think, I think the way that the fan base has treated Cade has been rougher for me to stomach 
has been harder for me to handle than than the way that the quarterback situation has panned out. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I think I think the way that the fan base has treated this guy is is not a good look on the program. It's that shiny new toy thing. JJ is the shinier, cooler, like like Toy Story. He's Buzz Lightyear. He's the cooler, newer toy that everybody wants to see out there. Now that being said, but look, I don't agree that's with okay. you. That's okay. But and that's fine. But I don't agree with you, Chris. I think JJ, or I'm sorry, Cade should still be the starting quarterback. You don't win against it's Ohio good. State, make it to the college win a Big Ten, make it to the college football playoff, and then somehow your job is in question. That doesn't make sense to me. You just did everything they ask you to do in a college football season, right. and somehow right, you're look, like, oh, but you lose your job at the end. I of the hear year. you. I hear you. But but look at this: is Harbaugh said it day one. This is a meritocracy. This is a meritocracy. No job is safe at any point, at any play, in any second of a season. And just because Cade's able to go out and get you everything that we talked about get you to the mountaintop, get you to a place that we haven't inhabited in forever is because there's a guy who's better behind him, or at least from a coaching perspective. And look, is JJ, is JJ going to be a revelation? I don't know. I don't have the answer to that, but I know that this offense looks different with him in there. It just does. And, and again, you're playing teams, that I I don't even know if they have facilities to practice football, but but it, it is a different look. Does the football team in UConn practice on the basketball court? Yes, they might. I think you know. So I think so. I think Kemba Walker is is their center. <laughs> so look, I you know I just I, again I yeah I think he's the guy. I really do. I don't care how they handled it. To me, it doesn't matter. But I think the way the fans have treated Cade. That's where I have an issue. That's where my problem exists. But oh, I know what Michigan is. I know what they are. They've got two good running backs. They've got a great offensive line. They got a quarterback that can distribute the ball to a really good set of wide receivers. And you've got a defensive unit that is finding themselves amongst a whole host of players that vacated to the NFL. I know what they are. More on sports rap as we continue next. All right, welcome back. Um, I want to get you caught up on what else is going on around the NFL. Um, some games that are already in the books. The Jets beats the Browns 31-30. to That game in Cleveland. Lions beat the Commanders 36-27. to The Bucks beat the Saints 20-10. to uh, And then a scuffle in that one. Evans, Lattimore, this is not the first time these two guys have fought. Um, but Marshawn Lattimore goes up, starts... Uh, drawing to uh, Tom Brady, Leonard Fournette just kind of gives him a little push. It wasn't anything egregious. And then he gives Fournette a go. And then out of nowhere, Mike Evans comes and lays the wood on Marshawn Lattimore. And uh, it was a mess, uh, put it that way. Uh, Giants top the Panthers 19-16. to Pates, uh, Patri- uh, Patriots over the Steelers 17-14. to uh, the Colts are horrific. Uh, they lose to the Jaguars 24 to nothing. And in one of the wildest games of the day, uh, the Dolphins beat the Ravens 42-38. to couple games in progress as well. Falcons clawing their way back into that game in L.A. against the Rams. They've got the football. 2.38 to go. 
Uh, they're down by six. Uh, keep an eye on that for you as well. 49ers on top of the Seahawks with a couple of minutes left, 27 to tw- uh, seven. Cowboys on top of the Bengals, 17 to 19. And the Texans lead the Broncos, nine to six. Raiders on top of the Cardinals uh, early in the fourth quarter, 23 to seven. Um, b- b- before we get into more NFL action, um, and as we welcome in our good friends over at the Gridiron Wrap, Sean Belegian and Bill Keenis. Billy, nice to see you. Nice to see you, Chris. It's happy football. Uh, very exciting. Uh, the NFL, huh? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, Shawnee, that yeah. game last night was, uh, I, I, you know, my wife fell. My wife is a Spartan and I'm watching the game. She falls asleep and I almost woke her up because I said, they're coming back. Like this thing is happening. Um, it, it was, it was a really, a kind of an up and down night for the Spartans in Seattle against, against Washington. Um, and it just felt like early on they could do nothing right. And then it felt like they kind of found a rhythm and, and Keon Coleman got in the mix and, and Peyton Thorne was making some throws, even though he was getting battered around. Um, but I uh, just getting your take on what happened to the Spartans last night on the West side. You know, it's interesting, uh, Chris, uh, you and I talked about this at the start of the year and I think Bill and I touched on it. it. Look, progress for Michigan state progress for Mel Tucker, but, there are still some issues with the team. And one of the things I know you and I talked about a a few weeks ago, Chris, when we were in for Paul W was the offensive line. And I think we saw that. And and I think defensively, um, while not the lapses that they had last year, uh, there's still some work to be done. Um, You know, there's always the, uh, I I guess the, the, the desire to kind of put the cart in front of the horse. This is still a good football team. I still mm-hmm. think they're going to find a way to eight, nine wins, but not there yet. You know, there's still some work to do uh, for this football team. And uh, this game terrified me. Uh, Washington's a, a good team. And I think anybody who's followed the Big Ten at all knows what Michael Penix uh, can do. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you, you get what you had. And, and the Spartans have to regroup because, you know, Minnesota – they're off to a good start with PJ Flex, so uh, it's not going to get any easier moving forward. Um, and then uh, we just got word from the studio. Uh, Bill wants you to weigh in on this. Um, obviously, there was a lot of back and forth in San Francisco. Who should be the starter? Uh, Trey Lance yeah. gets the job. Jimmy Garoppolo, the backup. Um, and Garoppolo's leading them to a win today. Uh, they lead the Seahawks by 20. Um, but it sounds like Trey Lance likely out for the rest of the year. Wow. So sounds wow. like Garoppolo gets that job back. Yeah. I, uh, I had it on my, my notes for, uh, for grid unwrap to, uh, to mention to Sean, how, how different is the NFL or the 49ers? If they had traded Garoppolo, people thought they were mm. going to cut him. I mean, that could be, I mean, it is, it's a season saving non-decision to resign yeah. him and keep him there. And now think about it though, the way they were handling that was a little unusual. Um, normally when you're supplanting a veteran like Garoppolo, he's gone. Yeah. You, move you know, him. they're going to move on from, they're going to move him, And it, it does sort of beg the question, okay, was there something more to this story? Um, right. It just didn't seem to make sense. 
Um, and, uh, you know, kudos to, to the man, John Lynch and, and, yeah. and, the uh, the powers that be there for keeping them because he's, he's already been to a super bowl. I mean, he, yep. he can win. Yep. And, uh, and that, that from all accounts, if, if Lance is out, uh, that saved the season for them. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Uh, in the meantime, it was a fun lions game, uh, today. Yeah. I, I talked about it earlier and it, it, you know, I think Lions fans, we we as Lions fans are always just so cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Always optimistic, but always cautiously optimistic, it seems like. And and I feel pretty good about saying, look, this offense is explosive. It just mm-hmm. is. And and they can attack you in almost every direction. Three starters on the offensive line out today, and they were mm-hmm. still opening holes. They were still giving uh, Goff enough time to throw mm-hmm. the football. Um I am excited about this offense because Jamison Williams isn't even here yet. And he's the Ferrari <laughs> yep. that, that you haven't even been able to drive yet. So, yeah. and, and while they do have issues defensively, there's no doubt. Aiden Hutchinson had his coming party out today. Three sacks in the first half, two tackles for loss. Uh, he was all over the field and, and impacting plays at the line of scrimmage. Sean, it just, I, I, I can't help but feel like, yes, this offense has that ability um, and now we just, I, we got to see it every single week. You got to start quick. Yeah. I guys, I, you'd be hard pressed to remember a first half as good as this first half. And I, I went back a few years and the, the one that comes to mind is, uh, the, the finale of, I mean, going back to the 2018 season where, uh, the Lions jumped out to a 21 nothing lead over Green Bay en route to a, a 31 nothing victory. Uh, that first half was awesome to see. I, I, look, again, there's, there's still work that needs to be done, but this was a game that terrified me again because mm-hmm. of, of what you brought up, Chris, that offensive line. And, I mean, it put Bill, Bill, doesn't it seem like forever we've been talking about it? Man, just yeah. wait till we get some continuity with this yeah. line. It didn't matter today. No, and I think what has to make every Lions fan incredibly uh, optimistic is, you know, injuries, it's not if, it's when. Every Mm -hmm. team's going to go through it. And it is the depth. that That's how you build a winning football team. When you have depth that can get you through a game like today, um, that just bodes so well for down the road because, uh, like I said, it's not a matter of if – the injuries happen. It's when, and teams that have the depth, like the line showed today, can go a lot farther. Yeah, no doubt about it. Great Ryan Rap coming your way seven oh five right here on WJR. Bill Keenish, Sean Belegian, fellas, nice to talk with you and have a nice show. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us. Catch you next week right here six to seven on WJR. Have yourself a wonderful week.